Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is C.M. Alexander with the news. In paradoxal news, the Overlook Hotel burned to the ground again for the first time. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside C.M. Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. Hey, constant readers. And today, we are covering Dr. Sleep, the movie. And we have C.M. leading our discussion. C.M., take it away. Dr. Sleep, the shining. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. What I said kind of makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how to start movie episodes anymore. (laughs) I, I honestly, I don't know... Yeah, I don't know how to start this episode either. It's we well, we had such big opinions. I had such big opinions okay, of Doctor yeah. Sleep. I have a question to ask you to start things off. What did you think of the opening scene being a a rose and a kid scene? How that tone? How did that set a tone for you? It made the true a threat. I think in a, in a way that was more effective than they were in the book. Here's what I will say first and foremost for this movie is Mike Flanagan is real good at making striking visuals. It's a Mm -hmm. great looking movie. And in the first scene, just the cut away of this little girl walking up to Rose singing by a river or a Mm -hmm. lake or whatever. And this quick cut to just a guy standing at the edge of the woods in the distance is so effective and so <laughs> creepy. Yeah. yeah. From the beginning, just visually, I was like, okay, Mike Flanagan oh. knows what he's doing. Like, oh. at the very least. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Let's quickly talk about other things that Mike Flanagan has done in case anyone listening isn't familiar. He's the director mm. of this movie. I am a big fan of The Haunting of Hill House that he did. You guys have a Same. favorite? Yeah. Uh, um, I'm a big fan of Gerald's Game. I really loved mm. his adaptation mm-hmm. of Gerald's Game. The only Mike Flanagan thing that I know that I have watched was I watched Midnight Mass. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I I kind of felt the same way about that as I did about this movie. Mm-hmm. Is visually great. He can make some really fucking spooky looking scenes. The glowing eye thing that is like a Mike Flanagan staple is <laughs> a really cool effect looks great but he loves long scenes of characters monologuing at each other yes that is true <laughs> which your mileage may vary like <laughs> I, yeah some some people won't notice that or mind it i think it depends too if you are going on like a mike flanagan binge mm-hmm. something like that is really going to stand out because i didn't start feeling that way or noticing those moments until I was like on the third series he did. For sure. It took me halfway through Midnight Mass to be like, okay, some stuff can happen. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the 30th time you see a character talk uninterrupted for five minutes, and that's the scene. <laughs> you're like, it's great writing. He's a good writer. Absolutely. I, I mm-hmm. love the way he writes. Yeah. 
but it is so <laughs> unnatural to the way people act. Uh, it is so obvious. He he writes almost like stage play. Eric kind of reminds mm. me of the first experience I had with this was seeing the movie Brick. Which is not Mike Flanagan. It's Ryan no, no, Johnson. sorry, yes. But it's but the it's same. But it's like that un... Yeah. It's heightened. It's Yes, but it, that was the style of that movie. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe that's why it doesn't stand out to me as readily because I kind of dug that even though that was yeah. more intentional. This is more like that's how he likes to direct. Like I said, I'm not saying this as a purely negative thing. Right. I enjoy it, but I do know that like <laughs> too much of it. It, it yeah. gets close for me to be like, okay. It goes just up to that line. You've made your point. <laughs> but yeah, this movie has that same feeling. There there were a few scenes that I'm like, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is a real Mike Flanagan bit mm-hmm. where it's Danny just doing a little monologue about something. Billy <laughs> gets The deer one. story. Yeah. yeah, the deer story. We'll was... talk about that when we get there. That's great. <laughs> but right now we are at the very beginning <laughs> with a little girl violet dying and like you guys are talking about it is a and it happens in broad daylight just by the river so it's secluded but it's a beautiful day it's light out and just that set against all these people suddenly standing there and then rose gives this real oh fucking scary like oh what a nice scary lady i am speech (laughs) before they descend on her and take her steam it's so scary watching them like swarm her once they've moved in. Oh, it's so scary. And then we move right from that to The Shining. Danny is <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm I'm gonna get so confused. By the way, I got confused mm-hmm. during several times. the movie because <laughs> in this movie, The Shining happened, and the like the movie and the book. Yeah, there there are several things. Yeah, yeah. Where and, one, I got, and I got lost. One of us would be like, "Wait, why did that happen?" We'd have to be like, "Oh, well, Dick Halloran's dead." In that this was my favorite of, thing. Uh, is <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if, if either of you would catch it right away. I, I caught was very it right away, but I didn't understand it until you explained <laughs> it. Yeah, I, I thought I, I didn't mind that though. I got a little bit lost in it, which was entirely my fault, but. I really, really appreciated that because I feel like it lets, I feel like it lets fans of The Shining that other fans like hate that movie. Sorry, I'm talking movie here. Mm. Um, and the fans of the miniseries and staying more true to the book can kind of like come together and all enjoy something. Oh yeah, I that's oh I when I first saw this movie, the review that I posted was this movie found a way to meld basically every timeline into something I enjoy. And I didn't see any holes with that. I only watched yeah. it once. So maybe there are, but I nothing stood out to me, which I really appreciated. So, yep, we are with Danny riding his bike through the Overlook Hotel. Josh, I think you had some facts about that. Oh, yeah, the the uh, the set, because obviously everything that they do in The Shining that's, you know, takes place back there now has new actors. So they reshot all this. And Mike Flanagan got the blueprints from Stanley Kubrick's people and made that set so it's exactly the specifications yeah real quick i i think they made the right choice i do not like the practice of like deep faking celebrities younger version of celebrities i think it's gross i think it's i do not like it yeah it's 
it, there's a moral gray area as to how they're going to use it in the future. Um, oh, we'll ruin everything. Especially in the case of like if they had deep faked Shelley Duvall from The Shining. Yeah. I feel like that is gross. I feel like yeah. that would have been real gross. That said, the Walmart brand generic actors that they got to play the characters from the original Shining. Th- they're fine, Whoa. but I thought they were fantastic. Like they I, looked really close. They, you, they're it's not yeah, going to be the that's same. The thing. They, they look very close, but they don't look Would right. You, that's I feel like that's a Ben <laughs> thing. You <laughs> yeah, look exactly the same. Fair. fair. Uh, yeah. No. There's there's no middle ground. I'm like, well, I don't want them to use computers to make them look exactly alike. I want them to find people that are identical <laughs> to Shelley <laughs> Duvall and Jack Nicholson, two of the most unique looking human beings that have ever existed. No, I can't knock the movie for that, but it did kind of. I don't know. It caught it, your eye. Yeah. I like it better than stunt casting those parts. You know, I'd, I'd rather than be <laughs> stunt ca- So, like, if Jack Nicholson had been played by Owen Wilson or something? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, that would have sucked. Like, if, if they, if, it's hard to, like, saying the actors are generic, meaning also that yeah. you also haven't seen them in other things, you are going to, like, this part, I'm sure, had to go to somebody who had... Not, was not as well known Fair. so that people yeah. don't be like, oh, that's that guy, not Jack Torrance or not yeah, Jack I feel Nicholson. Like I'm the kind of person <laughs> that that would have pulled me out of it. Sure. If it had been Owen Wilson, for instance, <laughs> behind the bar. As I'm Lloyd. already kind of pulled out of what's happening now <laughs> because of that idea. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I also liked that in any of these flashback scenes with these actors, they it's not too much time on them and it's not always like a shot that's just showing every single feature they have. Mm. So you're kind of using your imagination too and and lighting so that it's not like glaringly obvious. Mm. Let's talk about the scene with Dick that confused me for a moment. And then you guys (laughs) had to keep throughout the movie reminding me. (laughs) Danny has a nightmare. He wakes up Mm. from a nightmare about being in room 237 and goes and we see we have the same Miss Massey thing mm-hmm. where she's in the room. And yeah, the, it just cuts to the same scene in the book with Dick Halloran and Danny having a conversation mm-hmm. on a bench mm-hmm. overlooking the beach. I definitely had the thought. I'm like, oh, they retconned that he, <laughs> he died in the movie, I guess. I guess they're like, oh, he got hit by the in the chest with an axe, but he survived. It's so great because then <laughs> the conversation reaches its very natural conclusion and it cuts away you hear not Shelley Duvall scream Danny's name and he turns around and now there's no one next to him on the bench and she comes running out because he's just wandered off somewhere I also had the additional task of making a lot of notes for the movie since I'm leading so I I I was looking down often to make notes and I think too I just I thought when I looked back up I missed something Mm. (laughs) I also thought that actress when she was heightened i don't know if this is a good thing to say or a bad thing mm-hmm. she had the same like delivery and later on the jack nicholson character like they seemed like they studied the actors and did their homework yeah. and were i think yeah really they, hard. they had the cadence and that to yeah. me that's more important than the voice yes like, for sure yeah and so far this we're going like scene for scene for the book like very yeah how, how is scene for scene do we want to reenact the plot because nine. The first 
three fourths of the movie is incredibly, incredibly faithful to the book, yeah. I would say. And very well paced, I think. Yeah, I think we can just kind of like I did want to say first that it the the faithfulness to the book it includes some of the negatives as much as the positives. Yeah. Because I thought the jumping back and forth in the beginning of the movie to set up where Danny is, and then there's a single scene jumping to Abra mm-hmm. as a little girl. I thought what well, it reminded me of the book a lot of being like, oh, we're jumping around a lot, and I'm not really I connecting see that, yeah. as much as I would like to. But that's yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, and I'm glad we didn't get more of those scenes because I think that was mm-hmm. a correct choice. But because we only get like a snippet of those scenes, it seems. Like, well, why did I have to do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It speaks well to the actors and the performances that Mm -hmm. I did feel more connected to the characters in this movie than I did in the book. Yes, I did too. So we meet Andy and it's, (laughs) it goes scene for scene, except she's not in her 30s. She is 15 years old. I think she's the look. It's one of those moments that we talk about where if you read the book, you can kind of infer the moment. Because when she asks her how old she is and she says 15, Rose gives her a look like, sure. But Rose says you can only tell the truth now. So she's telling the truth about her age. That was the, that was not for the rest of this conversation. I think, I think that was just compelling that first. According to you. Maybe, I don't know. I thought it was for the rest of the the conversation. (laughs) Tell me the truth, girl. How old are you? 15. Cool. Cool. (laughs) I just reenacted it so we didn't have to watch it Yeah, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) All I know is that actress was at least like 19 years old. When she said 15, I was definitely not 15 for sure. I was born in the 80s. I love an old 15 year old (laughs) teenagers who are in their thirties look like real teenagers to me. I get super freaked out if I am watching a movie and it's actual teenage actors. I'm like, like, Oh, these are children. These, these, (laughs) okay. Anyway, Uh, Oh, Ben, you want, you pointed out, so I'm going to give you credit for this. The bus that Mm. Danny takes to, Teeny town, teeny town. Yeah, yeah. Teeny whatever. town, whatever. Frasier is called Tet Transit. Very cool. There is a casting difference, a big one here with Billy. I like He's a lot this younger. Choice. Yeah. Uh, but Way I younger. like the actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tattooed and jacked. They did a great job because this story has so many characters, so much world building that they, I like the idea of making Billy younger also a recovering alcoholic because you are getting uh you know Casey yep. and Dalton and mm. Billy wrapped into Condensed one person into one I liked that yeah. choice and I'm sorry I'm such a freaking jackass Ewan McGregor plays Danny we've been talking about <laughs> Billy is played by Cliff Curtis which I don't know that I am familiar with him from anything else but I'll try to point out the actors and Perfect. not be a jerk. <laughs> well, to be fair, this is the first time he's been here. And <laughs> we were talking about kid Danny until now. Oh, so. yeah. True. Never mind. I did good. <laughs> <laughs> right on track. Uh-huh. Oh, I have to say, the coolest true member, because we don't we, we see everybody and all the characters are, you know, the actors have the name of the characters on, on IMDB, but we only really know of a couple of them. Mm-hmm. The most badass one, in my opinion, is Grandpa Flick. <laughs> He's played by the giant from Twin Peaks. 
and the space cowboy from Gerald's game. Carol Carol Strukin? I think he was in Men in Black, Carol? too. I, I think know. so. He has also. A, a very small name part. I'm butchering. Yeah. He, he was in a ton of things. <laughs> a yeah, ton of things. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got such a great look. Yeah. Yes. He's and he's really... clearly down for fucking whatever. Yes. And I love that. What did you guys think? Because at this point, we're kind of we've we've met we've met Andy. Danny is making his way to his real home. <laughs> Eventually, the the scene with him and Dini was as excruciating to watch as it was. Oh, Jerry, yeah, by the way, I loved using Dick Halloran as Danny's yes! conscience. Yeah, because the 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 scene is playing out exactly the way it goes in the book. But instead of just like they could have just had him you know, taking the money and looking sad, (laughs) but like having it, there's this out of focus shot of Danny with the money, the wad of money that he's taking and over his shoulder in the background. Love that it was out of focus. The Mm -hmm. out of focus shade of Mm -hmm. Dick Halloran saying, you can put it back doc. It's so, it's really good. It's very good. Yeah. It's so amazing. And then you don't see him put it back and mm-hmm. we're just gone. Next time you see him is under a bridge. Very upset under a bridge. Yes. Yeah. We are at Andy's turning. So could one of you describe for our listeners how this was treated? Oh man. <laughs> um, so here's what's interesting because going into this, one of the first things you guys said was that you were curious how they were going to do things like the cycling mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and those steam effects and cycling is pretty great. The cycling is uh, very cool. The steam effect is very cool. The canisters are still the as canisters are stupid. Silly. It's a dumb <laughs> idea. But the way they handle Andy's transformation is very similar to the book, except for the true is so much smaller. Mm-hmm. This version of the true yeah. is so much more intimate. So everybody in the true is surrounding and, uh, you know, they're the chanting is cool. Chanting, I thought it was stupid when I read it. And it was really effective on screen. Yeah. Especially because you have Rose. She like the true knot felt more like a real tribe mm-hmm. to me in this than it is the book. In the book, it was a lot of Rose is and I'll be all everybody acts at her whim. Whereas this version of the truth felt like, yes, Rose is the leader, but these are all equal people. Yeah. I like that they play down the the angle of the true existing in the real world. Yes. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. The the like money aspect, the political power aspect mm-hmm. is an interesting idea that they don't do anything with in the book. They're more mysterious this way. In this, yeah, yeah. I think that's a great a great way to put it. Cause we they don't try to explain away mm-hmm. how they exist. Yeah, the book the, explains the true too much yes, for me. Completely agree. That I'm going to say it now, even though I should wait till the end of the episode. The It's like King wrote a movie and we read it <laughs> and then we saw the movie. And like any movie, like reading the script is one thing, but watching it, completely different experience. Hey, Mike Flanagan really said, Stephen King, let me fix your fucking book Did for you ya. just describe how adaptations work? <laughs> no, <laughs> that what you're- no, I just mean like... What King wrote to me feels uh-huh. like it was written. It was a script. It didn't feel as much. And I, that's I, like okay, over exaggerated. I, I misunderstood what you're saying. I yeah, completely no, that makes agree sense. with you. The book feels like it was written 
to be made into a yes. movie. And it was a great script for a movie. <laughs> and th- th- I think it was a great the the bones were there. The and then Mike Flanagan is like, we need to we need to oh, yeah, like he, just tighten yeah. this it, up a bit. It's it's every highlight of the book. Mm-hmm. The, the he took he cherry picked all those best beats from it's, the book and we're like, let's throw them on. That's why the movie is almost three hours. All a majority of the problems I had with the book in the movie are fixed, yes, or ignored. Yep, same and and yeah. Uh, okay, so let's. Sorry, I'm going to move us along so we can get to some of those moments because those are. No, let's do yeah. final judgments. Twenty minutes <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, I also I loved the because I didn't find this movie very scary. Mm. I found it to be more of like a tense sort of thing. But the scene when Danny wakes up in his new you know apartment mm. after some time in. Oh shit! There's a fl- it it opens on a fly on the wall near his bed. And I was like, oh, what's, oh, God, it's, they're putting it here. They're putting the dream here. <laughs> and Deanie is very terrifying and sad. It's, oh, and then, of course, you got to have the dead child doing the mama. Well, it makes and it, it just, oh. It makes it so much worse because in the book, when Deanie dies, it is completely unrelated to Danny. Yes. Mm-hmm. It is just, she gets beaten to death later and it's like a while it's like years later later. when danny leaves deanie's apartment she is face down on the bed with a puddle of vomit under her and she picks up the kid and puts it on her bed and then leaves and now when we see her as a ghost she sits up in bed in the same position that he left her in Mm -hmm. With vomit all over her mouth, saying they still haven't found us. Because Me- she left Tommy home alone so often that nobody paid attention when to his When he cries. started crying, no one noticed. It makes it feel that she died when he left. Like, he, like she was dead when he I left. I don't think it's I don't think good so. if you're no, vomiting but, in bed. Like, yeah. like the implication I think you're making is she Threw up in bed and asphyxiated. Yeah. Yeah. It it just, it it doesn't necessarily. It lets you think that might be. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that's brutal. (laughs) And it it makes you feel like the self-hatred, the self-loathing that he feels is more like, oh, it's because he killed this woman. Mm. Kind of. We kind of already talked about Billy. I just have to point out the fabulous chemistry (laughs) that these two actors have. Because after this dream, Danny is like, I, I want to drink super hard. I don't blame him in that moment. Yeah. And in this, Billy lives in the same building, like on the floor below. And so he knocks at his door at some strange hour in the morning and Billy's putting on his shirt. <laughs> He's all muscly and tattooed. And uh, I don't know. There were just vibes there. You guys. I, I am not going to lie. I, I shipped him. If there, <laughs> I, I think I would like King more if there was more queer undertones. I I appreciated yeah, it. Yeah. Make it gayer, King. <sighs> Make it gayer, King. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Next, we get one of those scenes that are an homage to the movie fan service but not in a way that takes you out of it which i really appreciate done in a classy way 
And we are in the office of the Overlook. Man. Okay. Again, another extremely smart move on this adaptation. We go from, uh, you know, he's got the job at Teeny Town to he gets Dr. John Dalton's watch. Mm -hmm. And then it goes to this shot that is exact, like almost the exact set of the Overlook. It's like the exact same set from the job interview at the beginning of The Shining, mm-hmm. except for it goes a much different way. And I love that it is because that happens in the book. Obviously, we talked about that. But then to see it happen in a different setting. Mm-hmm. And then that also gives us the into the hospice. So we don't mm-hmm. we get to condense so much of his story in while also giving us a cool fan service moment and then moving on. I yeah, thought it was very cool. I didn't get it entirely. I was like, I, I, I guess the only parallel is that that's the Danny getting a job scene. Mm-hmm. But there's so there's absolutely no correlation between Doctor John and Ullman. No, that's why I said it. Well, that's yeah. why I described it as a fan service moment because I don't think there was like supposed to be a message yeah. there. I think it's only in reference it's, to in the book he says that same thing of I I won't bet my dad was sitting in the office yeah. much like this. This mm. just let us visually have that moment. Okay. Yeah, because it, it didn't have the weight of it. Like, it, like you didn't yeah. feel like Danny was self-loathing in that moment. I do have to say it is startling. <laughs> I, I I when that happened and it like backed yeah. out and he was just sitting at that desk. As a fan of the original Shining, you go, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it pulled you away in a really cool yes, way. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so now we get our first Dr. Sleep moment. Thought this is another cool thing to talk about because it's just this, we get to see this very cinematic thing that's that Danny can do, that he's providing this service he's providing at the hospice. We get to see him discover it, which I think yes. is cool. Oh my, okay, I love that. And I thought it was Charles, and then I had to cross it out because later he met Charles. We don't get this guy's name, I don't think, I don't or think I missed so. it. But the cat leads him to room 217. Great. <laughs> at the hospice. Smart nod. And he just, he comforts this old dude who's like, yeah, the cat's here. I know what that means. He's like, oh, no, no, it'll be fine. He's like, no, the cat's always right. And then he, Danny's like, I'm, you know, I'm not a doctor. Let me go get someone. He's like, oh, I think you are a doctor. And just kind of gives him the name, Dr. Sleep. And then he tells him something really cool that we kept talking about, like, and I think in each episode that you don't really get as much of in this adaptation, like as much of the him belonging in this town. Hmm. He tells him, he tells Danny that he's exactly where he should be. And so it gives you that moment. We jump up to, well, we got some things with very young Abra, adorable kid. (laughs) And then now we get an older Abra. Yeah, the spoons were neat. The spoons Mm -hmm. was a fun bit. Um, I'm just jumping to the eight years. Yeah, we, on the night, I think that Danny gets his eight year chip is the night that the baseball boy gets it and Abra has the dream of him. Oh, first, we we didn't mention just because it becomes, there's a very cool effect that is about to happen that we need to know uh, that Dan's room that he rents, uh, instead (laughs) of having a blackboard, his entire wall, there's a bit where the landlady's like, yeah, the last tenant painted the whole this whole wall as a blackboard so you can write messages. And that's how, of course, Abra has been mm-hmm. sending these cute little messages back and forth. Yeah. But when the baseball <laughs> boy happens, 
this was one of the many moments I was like, okay, movie, you're getting me. You're, you're working mm-hmm. on my level here. Because <laughs> there could have just been a an old blackboard there for some reason that made sense i was like oh it's interesting they did that but whatever and then i got it later yeah i wish you guys could have seen this movie in theaters with me because the whole the entire baseball boy scene in theaters was stark silence Mm. that kid did a great job that kid murdered (laughs) one of you want to take us through that yeah, so the the baseball the the second it shows a baseball diamond, I believe <laughs> CM you went uh oh. Well, I said uh oh because I was at a baseball game earlier, and I was like, again, <laughs> yeah, we, did, we did just come from a baseball game before watching this movie. No, uh, so because this baseball game, and of course, having just read the book, we were like, mm-hmm. buckle up, <laughs> and the this kid's or some grown-ups in the stand are talking about, oh, this kid, he's he's gonna get scouted. It's like he can he knows where the ball's gonna be before it's there or whatever. And it's very shot very idyllic. It's a it's a really great looking movie. Yeah, I, really I can't is. stress mm-hmm. that enough. But this kid is walking home on a dirt road when the van pulls up and Snakebite Andy leans out of the van, says, we're your friends. You wanna come with us and takes him. And we come to in the dark in this field where there are four stakes nailed in the ground Mm. and they drag this kid out and tie him down. And he says, are you going to hurt me? And Rose says, yes. And it's awful. It's awful. The kid gives it ever from the moment yeah. the do- the doors to the van open when they drag him out to the time he dies. Mm-hmm. That kid is giving it every piece of energy he's got. Not as much as my favorite part of the scene is when we see Abra yeah. watching oh. it, and Ooh. she does such a good Danny Torrance in the original Shining. It is that like this close up shot of her. As she is looking directly into the camera and shaking in that way that Danny mm-hmm, does yeah. when he's in room 237. It's great. I, the girl that plays Abra is fantastic. Phenomenal. No, no bad actor in this. Oh, amen. I, can I say the only thing I wish it had done more like The Shining was the sound. The sound. Interesting. Just the way, like thinking of that scene with Danny, the sound or lack of sound in that one sort of that like you feel like you're hearing something but it's not like a a musical cue or anything yeah it's just this atmosphere gave it an an extra layer of dread which i don't know you can't (laughs) right i wonder if it's because it's so much harder to convey with you know with the Mm -hmm. shining it's that's the tone of the overlook can Mm -hmm. you can you have that tone but have it in every movie, I say. <laughs> just, just do it. <laughs> so when the baseball boy dies and Abra starts freaking out, she sends a message to Danny. Yeah, his whole wall. But it's like an earthquake in his room. He, he see his wall like shatter that blackboard wall. Yeah. And he rolls out of bed because it scares the shit out of him. And he looks up and he sees in the reflection red rum. And then he turns around because murder is what she has written on the wall. Mm-hmm. I love that. Fucking That's very amazing. Cool. That made me so happy. 
So we go from one like crazy awesome scene right into another one, basically, <laughs> where we get to see what was described so often in the book where Abra is like turning her world so she can see through Rose. It is the supermarket scene, you guys. What do you think? Okay. Uh, the first thing, before we describe anything, I am blown away by the fact that what we saw is almost the exact representation of what is written by which i mean she starts the turning opens her eyes with the the goal is to find bury the chunk because mm-hmm. she's focused on the glove and she's following that link and then all of a sudden she is floating like it's very clear she is not moving but she's going down the aisle on like a trolley like a track well abra yeah this is after the turning you didn't even mention the turning sorry because she's in her bedroom and she walks to the window and i was expecting a jump scare i thought Mm -hmm. she was gonna like look out and see rose yeah that's not that part yet (laughs) yeah exactly i forgot that this part hadn't (laughs) happened uh, but she goes and she's looking out the window and she does this thing where uh, that happens throughout the movie where people's pupils go white like Storm in the X-Men. <laughs> I hate that you like related it to Fuck that. Josh, How what, can you- <laughs> what was it <laughs> what? that you said hey. that made me lose my entire mind and jump out a window? Here we go. Hey, Rose the Hat, do you know what happens to a hat when it's struck by lightning? God damn it. The same thing that happens to, to everything, everything else. else. Iconic. Oscar winning line. Anyway, so she's at the window and she like grabs onto the window frame and then the room tilts up. The room Kind of like Inception sort of. Kind of. But she is like clinging to this half an inch of windowsill and dangling down into her room. And then we're in the suit. Oh, yeah, she, oh, she, she loses her grip. Yeah. She loses her grip and falls. And when she hits the other side of her room, her feet touch down in the supermarket. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> and, then, and then she glides. And the whole time, like, you're like, what the absolute fuck is happening? Yeah, and rules. then it just cuts to a side shot of Rose pushing a cart down that aisle. Like, it's just, it's so quick. Yeah, the way she looks down at her hands and it's Rose's hands pushing Mm -hmm. the cart. It is visually very cool. And we get the the scene of Rose then. It's It's even better. Just a second, like, looking around because she knows something's wrong. And she goes up to the reflection in the frozen section, (laughs) the, the glass doors, and mimics what Abra is doing and sees her reflection in the window. And the, her reflection has the white eyes, but she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's seeing, mm-hmm. oh God, Very seeing cool. her reflection and the reflection and the reflection. <laughs> oh, God, it rules. And then the best thing happens. That is arguably better than the scene in the book where she just stumbles into a display case. Abra screams to get out of her head, and the glass door shatters and sends Rose flying back and then she screams again and Rose flies back (laughs) even further. It's so cool. It's really a neat scene. It's just brutal. Like the the brute force of it is Mm. so cool. Mm. Uh, When the lady at the supermarket goes to help (laughs) Rose up and she reaches for her hat and Rose is like, no, 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 don't touch it. 
Did did y'all think that something the, the hat I was thought, going to be some bigger yes. part? She, well, she told Violet, the little girl, in the very in the opening very scene, opening scene, scene that the hat is magic. So it's, it definitely is magic, but I wonder what what it does. Yeah. Oh, maybe if you put it on, you have Rose's power. What? Wait, hold on. Every, everybody in the world, shut up. <laughs> All right, this is dumb, but I'm going with it. The hat is what lets her suck the steam to put it in the canister. Sure. Everybody else breathes it in. Nobody else passes it between themselves like a swap party. Yeah, we only see her breathe it in and yeah, out. Yeah, the hat gives her the uh, power of swapsies. I didn't mean to like reinforce sure. your story. Yeah, no. I was commenting on something separate anyway. <laughs> but we, the point is we got to the bottom of the hat's powers. Swapsies. Yeah. Gives you powers. (laughs) Rose and Crow have their conversation just like it happens in the book. And unlike how it happens in the book, Danny and Abra have their first meeting. It's not as. It's so good. It's very good. Like from here on out, I feel like in a totally acceptable thanks for doing it like this way, everything is kind of condensed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. This takes place over a much shorter span i feel like thank goodness <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because he's danny's like uh you just stop shining mm-hmm. and hide forever and, and i'm sorry i gotta go <laughs> again one of those things that we talked about kind of a problem with the book we talked about the the narrative being repress the feelings and not express mm-hmm. them where the mm-hmm. i feel like the movie also finds a way to kind of correct that or not correct it necessarily, but put it in the right perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Danny, it, it kind of hurt me a little bit when he's like, sorry, kid. And he walks away from her. Mm-hmm. But very shortly after that, we are back in the hospice. And Azra's going into an empty room. And Danny's like, dude, there's nobody in there. But when he gets in there, he sees a figure and he starts to open his box. And he almost puts his dick in a box. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. There it is. CM Alexander. And this shot, this is like one of my favorite bits in a horror movie is mm-hmm. when there's just a static shot of a room and there is a figure standing so like obscured you don't in notice shadow. It right away. It's like they pop up into the shot that you've it's, been watching the whole time. It's so yes. good. That's such a Mike Flanagan thing, I feel mm-hmm. like. I know that's happened before, <laughs> but he does it. Perfectly. So good. Here's what, what's also great about that shot is, you know, we had the lockbox scene and we see the very first lockbox with Mrs. Massey. And then when we this scene starts and it cuts to that shot in his mind maze with the box opening, you clearly see four other box that it's four mm. deep. And, and like there's no addressing it. There's no explanation. <laughs> it's just clear there are new ones. Also, the the visual of the boxes in his head being in the, in the uh, frozen maze. The yeah. maze. The overlooks really cool. uh, hedge maze. <sighs> it's so fucking smart. It works. It's All, really so good. So many decisions mm-hmm. were just the right decision in this I, movie. And I was, uh, first I was sad that this didn't come through Miss Ulala, but <laughs> it is so, like, just having Dick there is so great. I, I loved it so much that it was it was a good change too. And he basically gives him the message. A little more pointed though, like it's too late, you gotta help her, like they're already coming. It's what's amazing about it is tying it back to the that lesson of, you know, some you will teach someone and his response in the movie is I didn't ask for you. 
You I found you that, walked yeah. into my kitchen one day, and I'm still on the hook for this because he's dead. He's, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I just I thought it was so great because he's like, she came out here and found me at my work, and he's like, yeah, you showed up at my yeah, work. Yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> and we do get that, you know, it's been eight years uh, since he's been sober now, and Dick does get to give him that, like, you did good. Yeah, moment, which is nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Rose and Abra taking turns going through each other's filing cabinets. Because this scene also played out fabulously. <laughs> this scene has what I think might be the weirdest thing that happens in this movie. J- just because if you ha- if you do and if you point it out yeah. why this happens, it's... If you blinked twice baffled. or two different times <laughs> in earlier scenes, you don't yeah. know why. <laughs> yeah. So Rose... There's this amazing scene that looks exactly like the scene in The Big Lebowski where (laughs) the the fucking dude is having the dream sequence where he's flying over L.A. Yeah. Like, it's it's Rose the Hat. It's a cool cool effect. I I like it. We're, like, saying that lovingly. It wasn't goofy. It's just... That's what we all it, immediately it's what thought it of. Immediately looks like is the thing, <laughs> uh, but it's her floating above the clouds, and there's this really cool shot where it's her shot vertically, mm-hmm. like she. Yeah. It looks like she is standing in space with the clouds, like yeah, like she's scrolling. It, it's very so cool. cool. Um, it's at night. It's just yeah, it's really neat. A neat sequence, but she's flying over cities and over great distance until she finds Abra's street. She touches down and she finds Abra's house and goes in and Abra's room, she's in bed, but the the ceiling of her room is just space. space. <laughs> uh, Galaxies. <and> she, <laughs> when it, it, the camera turns, one wall of her bedroom is filing cabinets. It's her... Classic king. Yeah, it's her mind palace. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love that Rose the Hat is like, oh, you think this is anything. I've been alive so fucking long that my... You should see mine. It, it's a palace. It's, it's a cathedral. A cathedral, yeah. Abra's look so mundane and so human. It's great. But as... Rose the hat just in the book. She reaches in a filing cabinet and a spotlight drops on her <laughs> and her hand hand slams into this filing cabinet. And inexplicably to me, who is not paying that close of attention, apparently, uh, Abra is sitting on the edge of her bed with no eyes and a blue wig. And I was like, why? Why is this happening? Because she's protecting her identity. She's in a, she's disguised, so she she has no details of her face. That's what and, see even and she's dressed like her favorite superhero with the hair. See, that's yeah. the I I when I asked what's going on, you were like, oh, it's this this like anime figurine mm-hmm. that she had on her I bedside. I just assumed that that character table. didn't have eyes. <laughs> I did too <laughs> I didn't because it. it did not occur to me until you just <laughs> oh. said that. But that is why that is happening. Good job, Josh. Uh, she's, well, she's protecting her identity yeah. in all ways. Oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, because uh, when she pr- appeared to her as older. I mean, she'll still still know what she looks like in the book. I mean, yeah, she wouldn't know exactly what she looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I didn't huh. think about that at all. 
Yeah, it's it's really weird mm. if, it's <laughs> if you don't make that connection. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Okay, this is going to sound bad at first, but the scene with Rose's decloving was bad. Harder cool. for me to watch than the baseball boy because they did a lot of like showing his reaction rather mm-hmm. than showing what was it happening to show. him. It doesn't show. Yeah. Yeah, but this shows this her shows. hand. I think I closed my eyes a little bit. <laughs> it's so awesome. The it's effect very the well mangling done. is yeah. great. But I love that she's talking trash and then she looks around and suddenly Amber's not there anymore and you just hear the <laughs> and it cuts to, and she's just speeding through card catalogs in this yeah. massive cathedral. In a very creepy way. It's so cool. Oh, I forgot it when when they're standing like hand to hand in the reflections. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where it cuts to Abra, and it's like a side profile. Oh yeah. And Rose's hand just comes out from the mm-hmm. side of her head and grabs the back of her head. It's so, it's cool. oh, so exciting. Rose finally gets her hand oh, out <laughs> and is is backing away and her feet are sticky <sighs> she's like ripping off the bottoms of her yeah. feet every step she takes back to it's man abra's and, creative and just like in the the other scene where abra screamed at her and sent her flying at any time holy fuck we laughed T- so hard. Take, take it. <laughs> like you're saying, every time Abra sends like a strong pulse of the shine mm-hmm. to knock, <laughs> Rose is physically <laughs> knocked the fuck back. Mm-hmm. And this scene in particular is extra funny. Yes. Because she is miles and miles and miles <laughs> states away still at this point. So she's sent like ragdolling through the sky. <laughs> so, it's so really funny. funny. And then when she goes to land, she just eats shit into the side <laughs> of a trailer like really hard. She like, rolls back into her body within a force that rolls her body off the top of her RV into the side of another RV. Yeah, it's she like bounces off the ground. Yeah, it's fucking great. And it made, I don't know. I just, I liked seeing Rose like have like being that happening to her physically because it just, I don't, it upped the stakes for me in a way. Mm. Rose the hat. I, I do think my biggest problem with the, the book was the villains. Mm -hmm. I think they just, aren't good villains mm-hmm. i don't know this makes them so much better yeah, i i absolutely. like them this, in this movie is terrific yeah she uh it, it shows because in the book i said you know i don't feel like they're ever a threat i don't know that i feel that they are a threat in this movie in the way that they are like supposed to be super powerful i do however get this aura of them of they are dangerous yeah. because they are a hurt animal backed into a corner. It's like for sure John Wick one versus the other John Wicks. God, I need to rewatch the John Wick movies. Like if he's fighting three because other- like <laughs> at some point, basically normal people are like what we would think of as like how many assassins there are in the world. Sure. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there are millions of assassins. <laughs> of course. Yeah, keep following this. Keep following this example. Yes. Keep going. No, that's it. Is there it's more? It's just oh. the bad guys. <laughs> the bad guys are too big. The organization yes. is yes. too yeah, big. And not, I'm not knocking the movies no, I, off. I fucking love them. But God, I love the movies. For, for like an intimate story, kind of like what we're craving mm. with mm-hmm. Dr. Sleep, for me, I prefer to have bad guys who 
who are not all powerful and we do not know a lot about because they're scarier that way. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that's, I think, the advantage of making the true not so much smaller in this. That it's As far as we know, it is limited to these like eight people that yeah. we are introduced mm-hmm. to. By the way, I have to say that Rose is played by Rebecca Ferguson. She was in Dune doing a terrible job of shouting <laughs> out all the actors, and I'm sorry. Okay, so we now get Grandpa Flick cycling, because no sooner does Rose bounce off the ground with her mangled hand, are they like, you gotta come. <laughs> I do love that. It's like, uh, Rose, and she's like, what? <laughs> Please, let's talk about the effects for the cycling. I want to know what you guys think, because oh, yeah, I, knew, I knew going into it what it would be, because I'd seen the movie before. I, I liked the sound that it had. Yeah. So it looks like Grandpa Flick is like he's on the ground. They're all around him, kind of in a similar scene of when Andy had her turning. And he's obviously in a lot of pain and seems confused. I don't know if he is or if that was just my read on it. But he is like his body sort of like phasing in and out of sort of like decomposition. Yeah, going from like. Like he's losing the youthfulness the steam gives him. Yeah, kind of like a vampire. Like when, it, sometimes he's decayed. Sometimes it's just you just straight up see skeleton. He's, yeah, he's skeletal, it's like, and it's like he's being burned with invisible acid mm-hmm. and rehealing. Like is yeah. all like ba- like that's what that sound reminded me of, and, and the way the wounds would mm-hmm. form and then it would come back. Mm-hmm. It was like yeah, I thought, layers of. I thought the burn. effects were pretty good. I, yeah. I enjoyed them. I like the direction it took. I like what he did with that visually. I loved, though, when he finally cycles out completely. I did not expect, but it fits so perfectly, and it's also what makes the true cooler. Yes. Cooler. They all descend on his steam and take it. It's what made me think of that they're animalistic. Yeah. It is instead of in the book where they're all like, Could be any RV We're supposed (laughs) to be, yeah, they're just people. And the, the, like, trying to make us feel sympathy for these characters with the like, oh, they lost one of their own. Oh, they're so sad. Who cares? (laughs) They are monsters. Mm -hmm. And this shows them one of their own fucking turns into a cloud and there is no, well, maybe there is, you know, grief later, but in that moment, they are animals and they descend on him. And it is so creepy and so unnerving and really highlights of like the these are not mm-hmm. people with feelings. Mm-hmm. These are hungry ghouls. Yeah. It's great. Do you think someone in an RV hurt Stephen King? <laughs> <laughs> no, they were driving a van. Oh, God. Oh, that's no. Boom. Can't Got keep, him. Too soon. <laughs> too soon, Ben. <laughs> On Easter, on Easter, on Easter, Ben. I feel like there's another awful joke. Yeah, there's. I can keep going. Sometimes I just like to throw the bait out there and see what happens. (laughs) Not gonna do it. Okay, now we get our Danny and Billy going to Iowa because Doctor John, (laughs) he his character is not distracting. I feel like whether or not you are familiar with the book. He's in enough scenes that people who know who he is are like, oh, cool, Dr. John, and people mm-hmm. who don't, don't notice it. Right. So I, I like that it's Billy again, because he and Danny just have some great chemistry. They are digging up the baseball boy. Man, what a <sighs> great scene. Because just leading into it, 
Billy's driving and Abra is appearing in the backseat. Only Danny can hear her and see her. And so he just occasionally hears his buddy talking to the little girl who's not there in the backseat. <laughs> Which he, is terrifying. <laughs> just Yeah. And he's like, look, Dan, I got a level with you. At best, we find a dead kid. At worst, my friend is very, very insane. And I'm out here alone across the country with him. Brave Billy, man. Yeah, he's a good friend. <laughs> he is. So they dig up Bradley Trevor and it's gruesome and they find the glove and they're like vomiting because it's just so awful. Oh, this was where we get Billy stops this gruesome task like as he's digging. The Flanagan moment. To yeah. tell Danny about because Danny's like, do you smell that? And instead of responding with yeah or no, <laughs> he's like, you know. I used to hunt deer. Mm -hmm. And this one time, I saw this real big buck, and I took my shot, and I got it, and it took off. And I took off after it because I knew that I could find it. I couldn't get very far, could it? I never found it. <laughs> A few days later, I'm out looking for my next spot, and then I smell it. And I'm like, why? Like, why are, why are you adding I love on, that piling you just on did to that this for memory? And it's almost exactly <laughs> it. No, it is. It is. This is the like peak. What I mean when I mean like the Mike Flanagan mm. monologue. It's like mm -hmm. uh, people do not talk like this ever in the real yeah. world. But it is so just like it, it. It's heightened. It's such a heightened response of like. Like I said, it feels he writes movies like uh, stage plays. Yeah. People yeah. talk because in, in his real movies. life, you'd be like, "Why the fuck are you telling me this dark story over this unmarked grave?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there was a p a purpose to it. Like I was giving it <laughs> you were shit. Very happy. Yeah, and then I had to eat my own words because after they you know rebury him and they're very upset and things are picking up speed. Danny's like, do you still have those hunting rifles? It's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> thank <laughs> God he told that story. Because yeah, otherwise, where would they get guns in America? They wouldn't get guns. <laughs> 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 Moving on. You guys ready to talk about Cloud Gap? I, would, I am so excited to hear your take on Cloud Gap because of how different it is. All right. It's terrific. One thing I'm like, huh? And the other thing I love. <laughs> Got it. They pull up. Abra's in the back seat, and I'm like, oh, she's not really. But then Danny gets out and opens the door for her, and she gets out of the back seat. You were you were kind of eh on that. If she's just if she's not like physically there, I don't think mm. that I think I didn't want to see that. I think they didn't know if they were if they had eyes on them. Is my was my thought. I'm not sure. Oh nope, that fixes it. You're right. I'm I don't done. know. I'm yeah. not. Because if they think oh. maybe they if they are already there, they want to keep up appearances sure. and you can't have her walking through. <laughs> a that car. makes sense. Okay. So we have this showdown. Abra is sitting, like meditating on top of a picnic <laughs> bench. The RV pulls up, Andy gets out, the others come out, and Andy's trying to do her sleep thing, and she has the syringe behind her back, which they didn't there wasn't this whole medicine thing. Yeah. It's just something mm, they just do. Done. Yeah, they have sedated people before. And she just stabs it into her neck. And then she's like, what the fuck? And it's a stuffed bunny. And I thought that was great. <laughs> that was yeah. so good. Uh, it's it's a good action sequence. It is. I, I find it funny anytime there's like a supernatural like movie or, you know, any kind of movie with a supernatural threat. And then they solve the problem with <laughs> shoot them. <Hey>. It is <laughs> like, oh, OK. It works. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like we said while we were watching it, I'd 
if the losers could have gotten high powered <laughs> rifles, who's to say? We don't know that it wouldn't yeah. have worked. I love that every time one of them gets taken down, we also see Rose. Yes, that was be cool. Physically hit by it, also. Uh, that was really, really. Cool. It makes her seem like a better leader that yes. she has a, a physical reaction to mm-hmm. their deaths, mm-hmm. except for Grandpa Flick. <laughs> she had an emotional reaction, and yes. then while well, the physical reaction was dinner time but no she didn't eat grandpa flick she walked away she, and looked on disappointedly that. at them as they did she really yeah i, oh, missed I missed that. that she like threw a glance over her shoulder at them wolfing him down huh oh that's cool yeah. too dang okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh fuck god i just remembered oh, yeah. what happened so did i <laughs> that's what i've been waiting for the this fucking got me this is a dick this surprised moment me. For me. Yeah. Do you want to the, talk about it? See what happens? This, this, so I was not expecting this. Same. We, we mentioned in the book how unlethal the true <laughs> seems after the baseball boy dies. They're kind of ineffectual for yeah. the rest of the book. And how we thought they were going to kill Billy, but we're so glad they didn't. So glad they didn't. Well, uh, during this huge, big, you know, shootout in the woods, Everyone gets taken out except for Snakebite Andy, who runs into the trailer uh, to hide. Dan comes out and walks up to the door and has his rifle on the door and is like, you need to come out. She opens the door and says, sleep, and knocks him out. And there's a really cool cut where she's like standing over and says, you're feeling sleepy, sleep. And then Dan is on the ground and he kind of like wake, opens his eyes maybe and it cuts back to the same shot, but Andy's standing over mm-hmm. him with yeah. the rifle. Yeah. And we didn't, we don't we need clear, to see. Clearly time passed. Yeah, yeah. there's, there is like a, a time Because he was jump. reloading it, so she mm-hmm. picked it up and reloaded yeah. it. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. But she's standing over him and the whole time you're like, there's another guy. What are you doing? And sure enough, she gets shot in the neck and goes down and starts cycling and Billy comes around the corner and walks up to her. And Danny Danny's says, like, don't no, don't. And uh, Andy looks up at him and says, kill yourself. And I'm like, no, Danny's going to stop. And then he does. Yeah. Before I could finish that very same thought, like yep. verbatim, he had blown his head off. Yeah. I, I, my immediate thought was, oh, how's Danny going to stop this? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's clear that Danny didn't realize what it was until because he doesn't shout no until the gun is already out and coming mm-hmm. up. So he even Danny didn't realize until it was too late. He just thought it was a sick insult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't hear her. Yeah. You know, Ugh. it was it was rough watching him die because you like the character. Yeah. And he didn't die in the book. And this is so faithful that I didn't expect yeah. this to happen. And it's at all. such a sad way to lose him. And then again. We cut to Abra Crow getting her. Um, I missed this because I was making a stupid note, but Josh, you pointed <laughs> out that we see Abra. We kind of go back to her periodically as all of this is happening. And she's like cheering on the death of the true like she did in the book. And she's sitting on like her countertop in her kitchen mm-hmm. on the island. And you see her dad sort of off to the side. And then it cuts back. And then when it cuts back to her again, her dad's not there. And then the next time we see her dad, it is dead on the floor of their home. So David With also a dies. Big ass knife in his yeah. chest. Yeah, and I liked this David. Oh, this also, David was great. A lot more diversity in the movie mm-hmm. than I anticipated, and I love that too. Not yeah. everybody has to be white in every yeah, movie. That was great. <laughs> yeah, it's another Mike Flanagan thing. He does yeah. such He's a good great. job at, at yeah. colorblind casting. Yeah, I, I love Mike Flanagan's whole deal. 
Do you know, because there's no real place to drop this information, I guess we should mention it right now. Did nothing change for you? How'd you feel about losing the we're related? Oh, I haven't mentioned that yet because I kept, I wasn't sure because we don't really have much of Lucy. <laughs> we have none of Momo except a couple of mm. references to her by Abra. And I kept waiting for like, oh, are they going to introduce her later? Is it going to be at the end? And then I realized at some point they're not going to do any of that stuff. Yeah, and I was- it. Yeah, I I can't imagine like I can't imagine a movie this movie with that included. Mm-hmm. Although if they had gone that direction, I wouldn't have been like, oh, they should have cut that out. So I don't know yet how I feel. Mm. I literally did not. It did not occur to me that that was not in the movie. It's it's how little it was missed. Yeah, was it? It just it's not needed. It's not necessary. And the fact that it didn't happen, uh, the only time I thought about it in the movie is when they meet up in the park early on for the first time. And she says, oh, well, you're my uncle. Mm. And I was like, okay, they're going to do that. And then that was the last time I thought about it at all. I It took me long to notice it, too, because the movie doesn't suffer not having it. I think I, in particular, notice that stuff because I'm always, like, really into when it's a female led thing or it's about like women. Cause we just don't get that as much. So I noticed it a little earlier on, but yeah, it didn't hurt the movie in any way. I kind of, I, I kind of prefer that it's cause it's yeah. different in so many other ways. Yeah. The idea that I was it expecting it, down. it it's, and it subverted that expectation and mm-hmm. it didn't cost me anything. Yeah, it's Great. so tacked it's on anyway. Yeah. It would have brought book. it to a grinding halt mm-hmm. if we had to go see Momo. The next cool thing coming up i don't know why i said it like that (laughs) is crow's death before we get to his death i do just want to touch on the fact that how much better this version of crow is because i actually buy the his charisma in a way that i didn't quite in the book you didn't no i mean he and and it's not anything against the uh the voice acting in the audiobook for Mm. it but uh it just gave me a certain Man, gave me just a certain image of this guy that I didn't quite. I yeah. I I bought okay. that he found himself more charismatic than he was. Yeah, that makes sense. And this crow was like, I'm mm. I'm suave. I I can talk my way around yeah. and through anything. I'm good. In the book, we are constantly told how charismatic yes. that he is, but very little is done to actually show him interacting with people in a charismatic way Mm -hmm. the only person he really interacts with besides rose is abra and all she thinks is like oh she doesn't think he's charismatic but probably other people would if he tried (laughs) i yeah i completely agree i like the guy that plays him in the movie he also gives us the only comedic moment (laughs) (laughs) his death you mean no when when abra becomes danny oh god Hmm. yeah and she's like, oh, I'm so fucking hungover. <laughs> yeah. he, he looks back at her. There's a shot of his eyes in the rearview mirror. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, because the first time is I feel hungover. And he's like, yeah. And she, I haven't felt this hungover in years. Don't miss it. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> what? The fuck? Like, it's just such a great. Yeah. And then he uh, goes, so who are you? Who are you? 
then. Uh, of course, it's Danny and Abra's acting in this scene. She's not doing Ewan McGregor, because how do you do I, Ewan McGregor? Right. Probably pretty easily. Hey! Uh, <laughs> ask politely. Um, uh, no, but... <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> sorry. That, took a, that aged so well so fast for me. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> but she the the her demeanor changes demeanor changes yeah. Yeah, so drastically mm-hmm. that you definitely feel like oh this is not the same you can character. follow along it's, it's great yeah and then crow dies it's he dies differently cool. yeah. than uh i i love because it kept showing his gun holster which is next to the seatbelt buckle mm. but i was just watching the gun yeah! holster so when Dabra's like says, I don't even remember. It's some yeah, she, like, like oh, one liner. It, it thing. makes sense when you think you're going to live forever. It, she the, it the one liner she starts sense. off with was the arrogance. It makes yeah. sense <laughs> <laughs> when, when you think you're going to live forever. Of course you wouldn't put on your seatbelt. And then in a very like oh, I just mm. love seeing these things come to life way. She shoots out her arms and like like she's taking the steering wheel from the back seat, makes this motion and jerks it and crow does the same and he just hits a tree going very fast and flies out of the front windshield absolutely rockets out of the front windshield there's a shot from above that you just see him like fucking crash test dummy (laughs) through the front of this van it's very good and, and, and then, the shot of Abra looking looming through, over. no, like she's still in the car. Oh, yeah. She's come to and she like is looking through the front seat and you can see him cycling just in the background in like the <laughs> yeah. headlights of the van. It's really And good. she goes up close and stands in, uh, above him saying, you deserve this. Yeah. It's like the savagery. She is like, she was a sharp stick of poking it. Poking him away from being like a villain. <laughs> that, they, that's the line she walks up to. The movie also did a good job of showing the... Because we don't have the mouth rubbing stuff. We don't have like the hints that she has mm-hmm. Jack's temper. Mm-hmm. But you can see her being like... When she's cheering on their deaths and stuff. Well, man. And, and there's something... it It's so different seeing it than in reading it. But the, the fact that the way it's shot, the death of Bradley Trevor, it seems like she experienced that entire torture herself also almost like mm. because of, of that reaction that just so it, it takes that moment and makes it so much more transformative mm-hmm. for her whole character. So it, it everything from that point, because the story is so much more streamlined and it almost never stops being about the baseball boy. And by her experiencing his death so personally, her taking so much joy in the avenging of his death. Mm -hmm. So it's not even about I'm punishing you because you hurt me, but now, you know, watching him suffer. And then also he killed his, her dad. Mm -hmm. So that's got to be a little satisfying to see him die. And then we get the closest that we come to Abra's phone call with Rose, where Abra tells her off (laughs) because Rose appears. She just starts walking because the car is totaled. Rose appears to her on the street in the middle of the night, yeah. in the dark, and is being all intimidating. And you think, man, what's going to happen here? And Abra doesn't even really acknowledge her, just like looks at her while she's <laughs> talking and then just walks right through her. It was a pretty badass moment. So yeah. badass. Okay, biggest change of all. Like we're at the end here. Mm-hmm. Danny chooses to go to the Overlook Hotel because it is not a campground. 
And it is <laughs> it is not the place where they are that he has to find them. What can we I'm gonna this, you guys have to help me here because this, this is where I was getting okay. book movie confused. <laughs> this from here on out is the ending we wanted. Is, in exactly. the book. Yeah. Is this the this movie makes it so clear that Mike Flanagan is one of us. Yes. yes. Mike uh-huh. Flanagan mm-hmm. is so very obviously a king nerd. Yep. Like there's so much he gets right. There's so much care put into so much of it. And the fact that he made this movie and then went, nah, this ending no, I am going to put the good ending that literally is the ending that yeah! CM and I were like, this is what we were expecting. Yeah. Is uh now granted, he did cheat. <laughs> Cheated? Yes. Well, he because had he had the opportunity yeah. to use the hotel. Stephen yep. King had written himself into a corner <laughs> because the hotel was destroyed. Because this is a sequel to the Kubrick Shining, he had the opportunity to give it the good ending yeah, that we actually that's wanted. The most amazing thing. Because they decide he he's like, they're going to keep coming. They're going to keep coming no matter what. So we have to head them off. And that means we are going to go to a place that is dangerous for people like us. And when your mom calls, say, I love you, bye. <laughs> yeah, her yeah. mom calls, and she's just brutal. like, bye. Yeah, it's Yeah, she rough. calls with the police all around her because her husband's dead and her daughter's yeah. missing. Sorry, go on. Anyway, yeah, and he says, this is a bad place for people like us, but it's bad for us. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Absolutely. It's such a good yes. idea of, like, leading Rose into this trap of... Yeah. This this place who is established been collecting the inhabitants in his head. <laughs> yeah. And it's established from the first book. Like the what did the hotel want? What did the spirits of the overlook want? It wanted to eat the shining. It wanted the, steam. The hotel is Rose and mm-hmm. the true not, mm-hmm. except worse, because it's inhuman and unknowable. Mm-hmm. It's so scary. And having this like final showdown. Of uh of of Danny going to this place that he is scared of more than anything. And he's in, the in world. just as much danger as Rose mm-hmm. in Amber too. It's the stakes are way higher. They make way more sense. They and I loved when Rose I loved when Rose walks in and we we get just so much like awesome, really, truly awesome fan service for the shining mm-hmm. movie here. But we see the blood and the place is just like has fire damage Moldy. Oh, or not fire damage it all looks see gross. i keep trying yeah yeah it's just run down and she looks over and she sees the, all the blood coming from the elevator and she's kind of like cool and walks I, on that is so great does not phase her the scene when dan first shows up and he makes abra stay in the car because he's like you can't be in this place it's a bad place uh but when he is walking through and he takes the a tour lights, the lights coming up around him as he is waking up the overlook goosebumps yeah so good go like uh, specifically going to all of those very charged places mm-hmm. and we to get wake some flashbacks up. to the shining movie mm. very smart reshot but shot 
with the exact same frame style, yeah. but it, with those other actors. Very it, smart idea. It foreshadowed. My favorite part of this tour was the bathroom where Jack puts his uh, face through the, oh, yep. the door and says, here's Johnny. Thankfully, Ewan McGregor does not do that. But he puts his face in the door, which I felt like foreshadowed, like told mm. me, oh, I know where we're going <laughs> with Danny's character and his father. Mm. Because when he put his face up to the door, it flashed back to the scene of Wendy screaming in the corner because Jack has just made that hole. And it's like, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. I don't want this to happen. <laughs> What's your guys' favorite tour oh, moment? My favorite part is where it ends up. The last stop is mm-hmm. he um, ends up in the gold room and he sidles up to the bar and exactly the same the the shot of him sitting at the bar and we hear the voice from off camera say hello mr torrance welcome and all of this and starts to pour a drink and you're like oh lloyd's back oh lloyd and what point was it that you all figured it out i knew i knew immediately i i figured it out when he when danny says to him you always liked whiskey. Mm-hmm. But at the IMDb, that actor is credited as Lloyd. Yeah, because yeah, when he's he, he, he talks I to know, him, he says... I know, it's just a cool, like... Yeah. You have me mistaken for someone else, sir. My name is Lloyd. I've always worked here. But when it finally backs off and shows this side shot of the two of them, and the man behind the bar is... Air quotes, Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson. He talks the talk. He he gets the... The, ca- the yeah. cadence, man. If you give me the speech pattern, my brain will be so happy. Mm-hmm. I'll fill in the voice you can't do. Or like, you know, like yeah. my brain will make up the difference yes. if you give me the cadence. Yes, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> I liked this scene. It's a... He looks like a Jack Nicholson impersonator because that's what he is. I mean, yeah. Fair, yeah. But yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I could not... Not see not Jack Nicholson, <laughs> if that makes sense. Did you guys like getting to see Danny kind of put that mm. relationship to rest? Yeah. And the, the it's better than blowing him a kiss. <laughs> a million times. This is earned. This yes. feels earned. And the the whole uh Jack pouring the drink and saying, This isn't poison, this is medicine. Ooh, that hurt. The second he said medicine, I was like, Oh no! He calls him pup too. There, Did you catch that? Oh, it's just like a real quick. There were like two scenes where I was afraid for Danny because mm-hmm. so much had then changed. I'm like, is he going to take a drink? I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. There were two times those, that happened. Both those moments. Yeah, he yeah. played it very well. Um, and there's not as much like mm-hmm. the AA is a huge part of this, but it's not like it was in the book, which is fine it'd be it'd be hard to that would again grind it to a halt but sure. yeah those two moments i was like oh my god please don't take I, a drink <laughs> that part i wasn't as worried as a scene earlier we missed where with he, a bottle when he yeah. finds abra's dad and there was a bottle of whiskey or something there and he's in his, and he goes back takes to his room. it back to his room oh. and he's holding it and i went is he holding a bottle like i was genuinely worried and the moment when he sits on his bed looks at it and then smashes the bottle so on the floor relieved. was <laughs> I, I wanted to cheer yeah like, it's very good uh, just cool note like we get the opening shot of the shining movie we, I, I miss that fun. completely as they're on their way. We just <laughs> he, he mimics, but it's like nighttime and it's winter, so it's mm, yeah. 
we're already at that dark moment. When they get to the Overlook Hotel, it is already the end of the Shining movie when everything is just terrible and there's no hope. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. The viewing of the movie when I went to see it, the crowd audibly cheered when the Overlook showed up on screen. (laughs) It was pretty great. It wasn't one of the loud. It wasn't even like a... It was opening weekend, mm. but I didn't think it'd be such a rowdy crowd. Let's uh, we're getting yeah, Rose, to just like when things start. Rose shows up. Rose shows up. There's this cool. They do the uh, Jack and Wendy backing up the stairs mm-hmm. scene, and I love that Rose is flirting with him. She calls him handsome yeah. a couple times, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, I'd ship this." I, <laughs> I you know. Yeah, all right. I also bought it i was like oh maybe things can work is out. it is it just that ewan mcgregor has undeniable chemistry it's, it's with just everyone on the, the world they maybe? put two hot actors in That's... a movie and what more do you need she just asked politely am i right Ben? <laughs> anyway uh we skipped over they have a bit of a mind mind tussle. fight <laughs> oh yeah because so... they go they go to the infinite maze <laughs> it's what's so great about that is that he the plan audibly is he basically tells Abra to run and instead of running he goes now and they both like psychically attack her Mm -hmm. and she thinks she is in Abra's head and we as the audience immediately recognize the hedge maze and it like does this cool zoom out where it just goes on forever the world is hedge maze (laughs) and periodically Abra just appears and is slicing her legs and at one point she focuses and she catches her. And it's at that moment she realizes, wait a minute, this, this isn't your head, is it? <laughs> I, this is <laughs> maybe the thing that did not work the most. And it's a single, it's It's a very seconds. Sam Raimi yeah. moment. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I did not think of that, but yes. Yes, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. It is silly. It it's is a goofy. silly moment yeah. because she is, uh, Rose is holding Abra up by the neck, up in the air, mm-hmm. and she is like, oh, wait, you're not, this isn't mm-hmm. your mind, is it? And you see something moving behind her. <laughs> and at first, I thought it was going to be Jack. But oh, yeah. instead, <laughs> it's just a big box. It's just box. It's just a box. <laughs> it's one of Danny's mind boxes. I feel like and it's it sneaking gave... up on her like jaws. Like it has a personality. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Sne- <laughs> it looks like the fucking land shark from <laughs> SNL. Yes. It's very silly. But she <laughs> she just at the last minute throws Abra and then blows it apart and knocks them out of there. Yeah. Poor box. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite part of this is that next part, because then Abra splits off, and uh, they tussle with the axe. Rose actually takes an axe to the shoulder Mm -hmm. and buries it in his leg. Almost, It looks like she stabs him in the dick. I thought she did. I was like, Danny's done. Yeah. (laughs) And then throws him down the stairs. I just love that the leg injury, one, gives him the mortal wound. Mm -hmm. He he will bleed out eventually, and it gives him the exact same limp. As Jack yeah. Torrance, mm-hmm. he does a real good Jack Nicholson he, run. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, it's when he's lying down. He, that's when he opens all the boxes, and you see Ooh. all of the yeah, overlooked people she's come starting back. to like take his steam. <gasps> yeah, she's like, you have more steam than you should. What the hell? She has 
I felt like I should leave the room while she did that. She yeah. was into it. And it's like. Yeah, as she was knuckle digging, deep. Yeah, as she's digging her thumb into his wound. Yeah, she's doing wound, a Cronenberg on it, like, his spurt, leg wound. The blood spurts out. Yeah, yeah. it was very, it was it's kind very, of yeah. Cronenberg sexual. Yeah, they did a, they did a crash. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, except instead oh of car gosh. crashes being oh thrown down the floor. Yeah. Wow. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's like, she starts taking his steam and it's like, his steam is weirdly brown because all of the steam everyone else had is just mm-hmm. gray and his is, looks dirty. And she says, oh. it tastes like whiskey. But she, There's you something do it the else way she in says there. it. Oh, it's um, too unpleasant. She says it like she's talking about his dick. Yeah. <laughs> and but she as she's like, she's like, I need more. And he's like, oh no, that's it's not just me, it's ghosts. And then she unleashes ghosts. He unleashes oh, yeah. ghosts she, on her. Because she finds the boxes in yeah. his... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and suddenly Ooh. it turns... In. Yeah, because she's seeing, like, flashes of his life. Mm-hmm. And just then it cuts back and the ghosts of the Overlook are surrounding her. Mm-hmm. And they knock her to the ground. And the effect of their hands fusing into her Ooh. skin as they are absorbing her... Watching, it was, oh my god, it was, if ghosts were zombies. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I'd never imagined that sort of soul savagery that, you know, a spirit could be Mm -hmm. ripped like flesh in that way. And the way they, (laughs) yeah, the way they eat her alive is, oh, what a great death. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very cool. But then Danny, who is knocked down, bleeding to death, they turn on him and- this is the part I honestly, the movie got me. I was not expecting this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I pride myself on being able to guess the endings of movies mm-hmm. and kind of know Same, at least it where it's going. Yeah. But I did not expect the possession uh, of Dan uh, because Abra is upstairs and she turns a corner and the Grady tr- twins are there and she turns back and it's, Danny with the axe. And this, it, it does both things because earlier, very, very much earlier, Dick was telling young Danny, I had a grandpa. He had a lot of darkness in him, just like your dad had in him. So we get that like, yeah, it was Jack. But then in this, Danny gets possessed by the hotel and Abra identifies it as the hotel, mm-hmm. which was the other argument that it's the hotel possessing Jack. And he goes to just cram an axe into Abra's yeah. head and and we get you will remember what was forgot the yeah. you, she, this didn't entirely track for me because she says sure. oh you don't know where you stand and the ghosts are like what the fuck are you talking about we are the hotel she says no you're in Dan Torrance and he's you don't understand him as a person because if you would have understood Danny as a person you would have known he turned the boiler on <laughs> That's a stretch. It is. But I mean, this is once again, this movie, if the book had it, the, this movie has it even worse where you cannot you cannot consume this movie by itself. No. It's yeah. Impossible. Absolutely. You almost have to have you, you definitely have to have even more awareness of the shining as a whole mm-hmm. to parse. If you went into this movie completely blind, you'd have no clue what the 
fuck was going on. <laughs> like at any given point, I don't think. Probably, yeah. Uh, and this part the most. Like mm. us having consumed every piece of shiny media that exists, I think, at this point. Like we get, oh yeah, this he's gonna blow it up. But mm. like what what part of anything that we have been led up to in the movies may made this connection what, i don't know what i wish would have happened and i'm i've not seen the director's cut maybe there is something in there is i wanted some i wanted there to be a conversation with dan and abra about tempers mm-hmm. because seeing yeah that, mm-hmm. and i was and like i wish it would be like he could explain that to her in saying like like a pressure gauge like give us like some like even yeah. if mm-hmm. at the time you'd be like oh that's a nod to like yeah. that's 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 a knee and then she'd piece it together and then yeah like and then it gives us it yeah. drops that yeah. it dro- drops that word in the world of the movie that would have fixed it completely yeah. for yeah. me i think uh, that's a fair criticism yeah yeah, yeah. it's not like horrible like it no. didn't ruin anything for me but yeah that would have been no smoother. i think it works Did you- and I love bringing the actual end of the Overlook oh, into the movie. Straight up, oh, yeah. What did you guys feel about the fact that this movie kills Dan Torrance? That surprised me. I I didn't think that was going to happen. I don't know because we just watched it. Yeah, I I need to like dwell on this because I'm yeah. if I'm just thinking of like Doctor Sleep the movie, it fit. Mm-hmm. And it was like I accepted that that was happening to him, and I I was sad, but I wasn't crushed. If I think about the book, The Shining, and the character Danny Torrance in Doctor Sleep, I'm a little bit devastated, and I don't want to go yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I don't think it was. It, it makes a ton of sense thematically that Dan Torrance was like destined to die in the overlook hotel it kind of sucks yeah that's where he met his end i also was concerned for him about how he was going to explain why he was with abra when her dad was stabbed to death so i almost think it's like a almost like a cheap way to uh solve that problem yeah it's it it's the the it's how we talked about the way this movie Mr. X and subverts expectations because especially if you know the story, you know everybody mm-hmm. were ends up being safe in the end of this. And the fact that, you know, Billy dies and you're like, holy, Billy does not die. What is this? The dad dies. It, all this body count around this is to the point that, like, Danny can't explain this away. Mm-hmm. So him dying mm-hmm. is really the only logical version yeah. <laughs> to Otherwise, end this he's on story. the run forever yeah. or in jail. Right. Yeah. And the movie ends with uh, Abra back home talking to Dan as the the second you see, because it's Abra on her bench. She's like, and that was the moment when I was when I saw the sirens coming that I knew you were gonna be fine, Dan. And then it cuts to Dan in the corner. I'm like, ghost, ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not you, a you good got fake me with out. Dick once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she's like, yeah, whatever. And they have their moment, and then. She goes downstairs to be with her mom and she says, uh, I'm not talking to anyone. Wait, no, that's a lie. I see ghosts. And her mom's like, cool. And, and then the movie's well, over. Well, and I, I <laughs> this was funny to me. She's like, it doesn't, the the death is not the end, basically. Mm. And then she's like, and he's okay. And then she goes, and dad too. Cause then my my brain <laughs> yeah. my brain made the joke that he's okay, that she was talking about Danny, but I was sure she was talking about her dad. But she was talking <laughs> about Danny. So like, yeah. she Wow, took all of this very well. <laughs> yeah. Ratings? Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Sure. I 
said it many a times. I, it's great that this movie is somehow a perfect marriage of the Shining, the Shining movie, and the novel Doctor Sleep, and have transformed this uh, this world into like uh, another level of the Tower. This B version of how this story could have gone. It just hits all the right notes for me. Flanagan's clearly a fan. I'm a fan. Five out of five blue chambray shirts. This is a tough one. I oh. feel like so much of... It's weird that it is such a faithful, for the most part, I would say this is a fairly faithful adaptation yeah. of a book I did not care about. Okay, <laughs> care for that much. <laughs> but the deviations that they made made it so much better. It is hard to rate for me because <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's yeah, I, I, I had a good time. Uh, I had a good time watching it with you guys. And yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me to parse like how much did I actually like it? Or how much was I just glad it wasn't the book? The book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, point. I don't think you have to parse that out. I think you yeah, can just I, I'll just feel say how you feel it. If I didn't get yelled at by you two every time I gave a half point, <laughs> this would have a half point. There are no half shirts. But well, that's I've a had top. a really good day, so I'm uh, four out of five blue chambray shirts nice. with, a, with an nice. asterisk. With a possible shirt. With a possible half shirt. Kind of the same thing that you said. It fixed. It gave me everything I wanted from the book, and it fixed the things I didn't like about it. And kind of made me retroactively enjoy the book a little more because it it just enhanced the story in a nice way. I the, any minor things is like oh we're just very minor. It was really well mm. done. Five out of five blue chambray shirts. That's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us for our next episode where we will be continuing our Patreon selection series with the Green Mile. We'll be reading through part two. For Benjamin Graham and C.M. Alexander, I'm Joshua Kahn reminding you, man takes a drink, a drink takes the drink, and then the drink takes a man. Hey everyone, C.M. Alexander here. Thank you for listening to Dr. Sleep Part 4. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Dairy Public Radio or Twitter at Dairy Public. You can send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com, and you can visit us on Patreon for bonus episodes and early releases, and you can visit our Etsy store for merchandise. You can also chat with us and other Stephen King fans on Discord. Search Dairy Public Radio on all of those platforms. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.